This is the Social Strategy Podcast, episode number 16. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey, this is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best of online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. So I am really excited to do this show today. Chris Cerrone from Cerrone Show, CerroneShow.com. I met Chris at New Media Expo. We actually connected online, and he has one of the more interesting backgrounds that I've run into here lately. He walked away from a six-figure job. Because it didn't feel right. He started his own podcast and he is dove in head first. He's already got a top rated show. He's been, you know, ranked number one in business and iTunes. This guy is on fire right now. I wanted to introduce you guys to Chris Cerrone. What is up? I am so excited to do this. And I know that sounds kind of like canned, but it's a, <laughs> it's a Saturday, dude. Like I don't exactly. do anything on Saturdays. I go to my boys T-ball game and it's family time, but I was so stoked to, to do this with you. So thanks for having me. No, nah, man. Thanks for coming on. You know, you, your background, you, you were in like a six figure business. Yeah. I mean, a six-figure job, what everybody, you know, aspires to and wants to do. Why'd you leave? Well, I didn't actually leave. I was laid off due to a corporate buyout. And we were all well aware it was going to happen. And I don't blame the company one bit because if I owned the company, I would have done the same thing. It was a smart business, business decision. But September 20th of last year, 2013, was my last day. I went on vacation. I came back. I was offered a very high six-figure income position with another company, which was absolutely fantastic. I mean, they were extremely gracious. I I would have loved what what I was going to do. But as you said, I ended up turning it down. I ended up turning it down after I already accepted, by the way. I just, I walked away. Right. That took a lot of courage. <laughs> it, well, I, I tell everybody I'm either going to be an absolute genius in six months or I'm going to be an absolute idiot in six months. And right now I'm on month two. So I still have a couple months. We'll see what's going to happen. <laughs> either way it goes, you have fun, right? Oh, absolutely. That's what really matters. So your podcast talks about and tries to get people to basically get off their butts and do stuff. Absolutely. And when that when I made the decision to walk away from that that income and that lifestyle and all that comes with it, I was real embarrassed to tell anybody because I was afraid. First of all, husband, well, you know all this, but for the people that are listening, I'm a husband, I'm a father, my wife's a stay at home mom. And it's my responsibility. I don't know if it's because I was raised or what, but it's my responsibility as the head of the household, as you know, the father to these two lovely, crazy little boys is to go out and make a living and provide. So I really thought people were going to be like, you are either a scumbag or an idiot for walking away. How (laughs) dare you do that? Right. But it was the complete opposite. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, I, I just love that you did that. I wish I can do that. I've had this idea. I hate my job. All these different things that people say, and it was just so well received. And during that time, I, I started to reflect on that and some of the other things that, that, that I, I've done in my life. And the consistent thing that I can like really pinpoint is I got off my butt no matter what, and I went out and made it happen, even, even if it wasn't perfect. So that's really what I try to do by having all these different types of guests on, right? Like I don't just try to have the same 20 to 30 people we hear on everyone else's podcast. I really try to bring a creative mix to it. And so far, it's been an absolute blast. Oh, yeah, man. You've been having fun, and I'm having fun watching you grow and listening to all the stuff and getting big, good business advice. You know, it's like a, uh, a little small business school education every time I listen to your podcast. It is, and I'm going to plug a particular show of mine. Even though we're on your show, I'm going to plug my show, and it is episode, it. episode 8, sarroneshow.com <laughs> backslash 8, where you get to hear... 
the Vernon Ross, and you get to hear, and correct me if I'm wrong, you get to hear stuff that we talk about that I don't think you've ever talked about on anybody else's show or even your own. No, I haven't. So yeah, there's there's some stuff there that you'll learn about me that you won't hear anywhere else. And And that's the idea, right? Not that we can get some great info hearing you or, or anybody else that I have on my guest on other people's shows. But when I think of, okay, what's going to be valuable for my lister, listeners, what's going to be different from me, I want the stuff that you don't talk about. Because for all we know, that stuff that you don't talk about, whether it's personal, because you shared a personal story, right? Or, or, or something that you do for your business, that could be the key that, 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 Molly from Wisconsin or Gary from Florida or whoever, right? Whoever's listening to the show, they can hear it and resonate with it and say, oh my gosh, like I, I, I can't do this anymore. I have to make a change and take action now. Right. You know, one of the things that I think you touched on is when you, when you made the decision to turn down that other job, that you basically, you had to conquer the fear of the unknown. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm in that position too. It's like, I can't just right now do that. I could, but then there's a lot of unknown and we all want to be sure. But I think that there was, there's a lot that you've done to be able to put yourself in that position and to get ready for it. So, I mean, this isn't your first, you know, attempt at business. You, you mm-hmm. actually had a, a coffee shop. At yes. one point. Yep. So in in one way or another, I've always worked for myself. I've either had a business or I, I did some type of venture. I always worked for myself. This corporate gig that I loved, by the way, was technically my first corporate, quote unquote, corporate America job. And I only did it for uh, just under five years. So I'm very used to, you know, being a self-starter and, and doing all this other stuff. So right after the coffee shop, you actually opened an ice cream truck and that has a lot to do with your name. Yeah. So that was actually, let me tell you a funny story about that. I wanted to, and this was pre food trucker craze, all this other stuff. This is kind of going back a few years. I had the idea of having my cafe, but then also having this like cool, bright, awesome looking type truck that goes around and it makes, uh, you know, espresso and smoothies and everything else that we served at the cafe. I wanted to make it mobile because I, I'm just trying to think of doing something different, getting more business. People are going to remember the truck. It's marketing. I mean, I had visions of just stopping at in, in Vegas where I live in Henderson, to be exact. There's a place called the Valley Auto Mall and near the Valley Auto Mall, every, almost every dealership in town is is in this like small block, couple blocks, right? I had the, the vision of taking this truck, going there in the mornings, serving coffee, or even just parking right on the street and have them all come to me. So not researching anything, which talk about lesson learned. Uh, <laughs> I, I ran out and I bought a, a 1974 AM General mail truck. That's awesome. The l- little guy. It, it is awesome. <laughs> And then I found out that the licensing and health department and all that stuff for food and drink that you make on the premises came out to like three to four grand. Wow. Which I, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't have. But if I sold prepackaged items like ice cream and things like that, right? It's already prepackaged, it's already done. You're literally just buying it and selling it. I think it was like 150 bucks for a, for <laughs> a fee or whatever the fees were, right? So I created the ice cream truck. The ice cream truck really took on a a mind and brand of its own because it wasn't like the normal pedophile wagon that you see. <laughs> like I, 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 I went gangster on this thing. And in fact, it's still out there. If you go on, I believe, blueicecreamtruck.blogspot.com, you could see what I'm talking about, the pictures. And I know you've seen it. Oh, yeah. It's it's still out there. I'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. So we started to – I'll give you an example. We'd go to a bar here in Vegas downtown uh, that we knew like a local show was playing. I'd contact the bar owner and i say, hey, we're going to park this in front of your bar. I didn't ask. I told him. I said, we're going to park this in front of your bar. Um, can you send me any of the music of the band that's playing tonight? And I'll have it, you know, just – blaring through my my bullhorns out of the ice cream truck at like 10, 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, right? At night and 1 in the morning. So that think of it like this. You just saw an awesome show, right? Whether it's a big band or a local band, whatever. 
you're nine times out of ten just pissed drunk because it's Vegas and it's downtown and that's what people do. Exactly. And you're stumbling out of this bar and then you see this beautiful baby blue ice cream truck with white wall tires <laughs> and then you hear the meat like would you not walk up to the that ice cream truck just because you're intrigued and and probably buy ice cream or whatever crap i had at the time exactly no so that's brilliant. what we did yeah that's what we did for a while my wife and i <laughs> that is awesome mm-hmm. oh my god that's funny yeah you know what so what lessons did you learn from from running your own actual physical business a bunch of different things i mean i go back and forth with this and that's why i'm kind of struggling to answer this now because a big part of who i am is i just go out there and do it like i i understand the need to research and do things properly and make sure this is right and that's right like i get all that and i do i do do that i'm not just a complete gunslinger out here um but i i love the fact that i just do and worry about it later and learn later because a lot of the lessons that I learn from just doing and making certain mistakes and not being afraid to make certain mistakes, like those that that education alone is worth 10 times more to me than anything I can get out of a course, out of a school, out of a mentor, out of anything is, is for me to just go out there and fail a bunch of times. Right. You know, the, the funny part about that is is you have to take imperfect action sometimes. I think people get caught up in the, you know, I've got to have this right. I've got to have that right. I've got to have this. And My you, logo's got to look good. Yeah, and you end up researching something for five, ten years. And I know people that have done it, that have researched stuff for ten years, and they still haven't started that business. Or they've got their business cards, and they've got their website, but they've not done one deal. Or they've not made one dime, but they're in a business. And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're stuck in analysis paralysis and you haven't taken action. There's just so much value in actually taking action. And I, I like your story because you're a regular guy. You're not some, you know, well-known internet guru that were, you know, no some way. other internet guru took you under their wings and made you, you know, the new golden guy. You're just a regular guy, regular job. It's like, you know what? I'm going to do this. We're going to start an ice cream truck. And, oh, I was going to do a food truck, but that was too expensive. Hey, I'm going to pivot, do ice cream, and I'm going to do it at bars. So I mean, we're real, crazy. Real, well, real quick, let's talk about that for a second. Specifically, the ice cream truck and the pivot. Had I done extensive research and going to all this stuff about the ice cream truck or just the the food truck and what I wanted to do, I probably wouldn't have even a not only done that, b had the experience and such a great time that I had, and c made all the money that I made on that truck because I would have found out that I needed three, four, five grand, whatever it was. Uh, in, in health permits and installing this type of fire extinguisher system or something like that's what, one of the things we needed. And I, and I probably would have scared myself and either said, Ooh, I'm not going to do that. And you know what? I, I still want to do that. That doesn't scare me, but that's going to go on the back burner and I need to figure this out more. No, I went on Craigslist. I found the truck in Arizona. I, the, I called the guy up. I said, I'm coming out tonight. And I went out and bought the truck and from doing things like, Doing it like that, you know what I mean? Like really just yeah. <laughs> just doing it and not worrying about anything else. Like I, I was now had my back up in the wall saying, I just spent a couple grand on, on all this stuff and I was supposed <laughs> to do this and it didn't. And I said, okay, well, how else could I make it work? And I, and then, you know, the, the legend of the blue ice cream truck. And you mentioned about my name for anybody that follows me on Twitter, uh, YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff is blue Gino. That's technically, actually not technically, that's exactly where the blue in blue Gino comes from. Because everyone always asks me, right? what, blue Gino, what? What does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> and you do have on a blue shirt and in your uh, your icon picture, so. Yeah, yeah, it's all about branding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> blue man, blue man group Gino, right? Yeah. There you go. That's funny. So when you mentioned YouTube just now, because I, I know you were a big YouTube guy or still are a big YouTube guy. How did you how did you get started on YouTube? How would you recommend businesses start on YouTube? Tell me about YouTube, because I actually don't know your YouTube story. I do a little bit. I thought it was matter of fact, it's all coming back to me now. Um, you were doing storage auctions. Yep. <laughs> I was and doing I, while I was working, while I had a full time job, by the way. Yeah, which number one is crazy, and I don't know how they work other than the the uh, 
the staged crap that I see on TV, which I just don't believe some of the stuff that happens. And I heard actually one of those shows that they were, you know, planting stuff for the, the guys on the shows to find and to make it look like, Oh, look, there was nothing. And Oh, now there's this amazing stuff in here. That's all packaged and wrapped up neat. Correct. <laughs> Tell me a little Correct. bit about what you were doing. Cause I, I, I've not heard this story yet. That's actually exactly what we were doing. Uh, pre-show, by the way, like pre-explosion of storage auction and storage wars and all right. that stuff. And you are right. They do stage a lot of that stuff. The one that, and I don't watch those shows anymore, but the one that I really liked was uh, the big guy and the little guy, like Ton and Allen. I don't know what one that is, but there's only two guys. They're, they're pretty spot on mm-hmm. and, and they're pretty candid in, in how they do things. But I... I don't know how I got into it. I got into it somehow. My wife <laughs> my wife got into it and we started buying storage units at auction. So you you can look and see what's in the unit, but you can't touch, can't go in. And based on that, you bid. Well, we got into it and we started buying, we bought one, then we bought two, then we started buying five, then we started buying 20 a month. Like it just went bonkers all while I was working, by the way, in wireless. Wow. Yeah, I had History Channel contact me, uh, Spike TV, uh, this other network I don't even remember to do shows on, the, on the, and all came from YouTube. So here's how the YouTube, here's how YouTube came. Wait, 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 wait. So <laughs> you had all these networks contact you about yes. doing a show. Why didn't yes. you do a show? Well, here's the thing. I got promoted at the exact same time I was offered a, a show or to be a part of the show. And here, here's what I was thinking. My son, my youngest, he's a little over two now. Um, I don't remember if we, I don't think we had him just yet. I think my wife was pregnant actually when this was going down. And they were going to give me, it was like 5,000 an episode or something, guaranteed X amount of episodes for the pilot. Like it, it was something. It would have came out to, I think, 50, 60,000 for the year. Mm-hmm. And if, if the show gets picked up, then like I was going to get a bump and then they were going to give money to buy stuff. Like it was cool. I was making more of my normal job, but it it was cool. And I probably would have done it, you know, had I not been in this weird situation with my wife being pregnant and all that. But I thought to myself, okay, I'm a loyal guy at heart. Like I'm very loyal. This company that I'm with, they treated me right. They've, they've always, you know, done good at least for me and my family, uh, I loved, I was loyal to the people, not the brand. And they've promoted me once. They're going to promote me again. I can either stay here and keep in mind, I need insurance. I got children, right? right. I can either stay here and really just 100% focus on my new position and all this other stuff, or I can like roll the dice and see what happens. And I'm glad I chose the route I did. I'm glad I didn't do the TV shows because the TV shows would have been an absolute blast and an experience and all that. But the insurance thing was a kicker. And what if the shows didn't get picked up? Uh, yeah, exactly. Then you're out in the cold and then I'm done. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I'm a, I, I, I just do a lot of times, but I'm also like, I also got to think about a certain key. You know what I mean? I got to think about certain things. I'm not just, like I said, gunslinger. I'm not just out shooting bullets wild wildly you know no you got to make you make you got to make strategic decisions on exactly what's best and even though a show is great and i think a lot of people get the misconception that oh if i'm popular enough i'll do a show and i can get picked up on a reality show because there's a couple reality shows i think that shoot here locally one about some um like consignment shop here in st louis and another one called sweetie pies and it's mm-hmm. on oprah's network but I'm like, they're in their businesses running their business. Their business is still their main income. Yes. They shoot a show, but you don't really get paid that much money when you start thinking about it. No, not at all. It, like I said, I think I would have made, I don't know, it was like 50 or 60 grand for the year. Yeah. Which I, yeah. I was already making double that. At my, <laughs> right, at right. You know what I mean? Like, I would have done it just for the experience. Yeah, I'll take a $50,000 pay cut. So, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> I can come play around and be on camera. Yeah, that's that's exactly. a smart decision. That, that was definitely a decision I made on my gut. Like what what felt right to me. And although that would have been a blast, it just in my gut it wasn't the right decision to make. Right. And I think that says a lot about when you're going off on your own to start your own thing, no matter what it is, 
And no matter how good it sounds, you have to weigh, you know, what's the logical thing for me to do right now? What makes sense right now and what feels best? Because yep. I think if you just make the decision based off, well, oh, I can make this much money, it's never the right decision. No, absolutely not. Everything I've ever tried in the past based off of I'm going to make money, I'm going to be famous, not famous like in the media and movie sense, but famous as in this guy's well known for this, whatever this is, right? Mm-hmm. And anytime I've ever tried to attack anything at that angle, it's either ended up horribly bad or costing me money or just fizzled out because my heart wasn't into it. And I put out a crappy, whether it be business product, whatever. It's never worked. Yeah, I think a lot of people actually get stuck in that, um, especially in the direct sales industry. I've run into a lot of people. They'll re- they'll try to recruit me, especially now with the podcast and it's growing in popularity. You know, I'll get sometimes 10, 15 emails a day about, hey, you know, I didn't realize that you were doing this and you would be great in this organization and that organization. It's like, no, nah, I'm not really interested because uh, I don't want to chase the money and that's all about the way you guys sell your product and promote your yeah. company is about yeah. how much money you can make and the money is great but that's not my main motivation and people go what you're not money motivated no i'm not money nobody's money motivated there might be a few a rare few that are yeah. money motivated but most people are motivated by opportunity and well, 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 wait, wait, no one's actually, now that I think about it, I don't think anybody's money motivated because the people that you would say, oh, they're the biggest gold digger on the planet or whatever. I mean, not to get all deep with you right now, but right. I think a lot of that is self-esteem or yeah. uh, they, they got some type of issue going on internally that they may not even know. And they, but what they do know is that money makes them feel better. There you go. And then they get hooked on that. So. No, no, no. I think you make a perfect point. And I don't even think it's just, you know, like super gold diggers. I think it's just people in general, depending on how you grow up. If you grow up really poor, you think that money's going to make you feel better. And it doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> it exactly. Absolutely it doesn't. really doesn't. I did not come from money at all. My background is not from anywhere near that. And I, I had the best childhood in the world. I mean, we had everything we wanted. I'm not saying, you know, it was just desolate, but. When, and when I ran into money when in my real estate career and I was making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, I, I spent money like it was like an early 90s Biggie rap video or something. Where <laughs> Really, like I was just stupid with my money and I'm like buying this, buying that. I'm like everyone's friend. I ended up losing all of it. But uh, the, the the mentality that I had that money was like the end all be all thing to strive for, I I seriously learned from that mistake. Right. Uh, but that's what it got me to realize that it's not really the money. It's something going on internally that you need to fix first. Yeah. How'd you lose it all? Uh, at the core, bad choices, like seriously bad choices. I, and everyone's like, Ooh, what do you mean? Bad choice? Like too much I was debt? just, it, well, I, it was everything. It was too much debt. It was like, you know, when I say debt, I mean, I was buying a car, a brand new car every six months, I'd buying all these houses. Uh, I had to have the Gucci wallet with the coach belt and the Gucci loafers because that's what, in my mind, equated success and all. Like, I was such a douchebag. Let's just get that out there on the table. You know what I mean? Uh, I'd go on trips. I'd pay for everybody. Just the classic crap when someone, you know, wins the lottery or comes into a right. lot of money. Like, that's... That was it, you know. I was partying too hard. Like it was just a, it was the perfect storm. It all came crashing down, which was the greatest thing happening. I don't know if you ever heard this before, and I do want to talk about YouTube, and we will get to it. But I'm having fun with you right now. Yeah, uh, you're good. Um, you ever heard this expression? Like you'll never know the power of credit until you ruin your own credit. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's that's exactly what happened to me. I ruined my credit. I filed bankruptcy. And now I I feel like I am the credit and financial ninja. Never went <laughs> never went to Wharton, never went to a business school. All it took was me to desecrate my credit so that when someone ran my credit score at the time, like they'd probably get a Trojan virus on their computer. Like that's how bad my credit was. <laughs> Seriously. And it was serious. And at the time. When you have bad credit and you're in like these certain positions in life, you feel like it's never, this is it. This is what my life is now. This is how it's always going to be. And I went through all that mental stuff, but 
breaking out of that, that was seriously the, the best thing that's ever happened to me. And to tie that back into just taking action and all that, it kind of, it's along the same lines. Like you do something and you experience it like firsthand. Yeah. Then you really learn and then you keep those experiences and you keep that education and you're able to apply it to anything going forward. Right. Yeah. And you're a young guy. So, I mean, this, this stuff all happened in your twenties, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm only 32. Yeah. That's what 33 this year. (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) Like, man, you, you were busy. <laughs> you were busy. I was. I, I'm a young dude. I still remember Betamax because I, ha- I have some beta tapes and I, I'm a product of the 80s. But yeah, I'm just a young dude. Oh, that's fine. Oh, what were you like five when Beta <laughs> Betamax was still around? Uh, I don't know. I have He Man on Beta, Thundercats, all like the old school what? shows. Yeah, I still have all those on Beta. My very first, I think my first birthday or second birthday, um, my mom has on Beta. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that is, oh yeah. That is crazy. I I still have all my toys. Gave to my my boys now. Yeah, see, right? I wish I would have kept my toys, man. I I seriously feel like I'm fifty something years old. When people talk about the sixties and seventies and eighties, I I seriously feel like <laughs> I was there. I can talk about lawn darts and and all that crap that was before my time. You know what I mean? Just because I I've I tried to experience as much as possible, and I try to just get out there and do and and just experience life. Really? Oh, that's that's crazy awesome. I I actually never knew that whole bankruptcy <laughs> real estate thing. I knew, but. I didn't know you went through all of that. That's that's crazy. Well, I'm giving you nuggets. I, I'm, go, I, that's, I told you I was excited for this one, right? I'm oh, going to yeah. make sure I come correct on this. So, you know, when people meet with adversity like that, it gets them gun shy, and they don't want to they don't want to take risk again. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you had a business; it was it was good, it was successful. Uh, no matter the mistakes you made that brought it all crashing down, you rebuilt, and the ice cream truck was after that, right? Uh, the ice cream truck and the cafe was after that. Yes. So, I mean, you had another business and whatever happened with that, what, what did happen with that? Why did you stop doing the ice cream truck? Well, the ice cream, I actually kept the ice cream truck all through even clear, uh, where I worked. I'll do, I mean, it's public info. I don't care. I worked at clear internet, but, Mm -hmm. um, I kept that all throughout clear. I, even after the cafe, the cafe was, we closed it down. It, it was a big, it was a family thing. My wife, my dad, my mom, it was, all, it was a whole family thing. We kind of noticed this was around maybe 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it was somewhere right around there where here in Vegas, particularly, we started to see, because I just came from real estate, right? And my dad's been in real estate forever. So we pay attention to that stuff, even still now. We started to see what the economy was doing to businesses and all that. And we all kind of huddled together and we said, if we don't get out of this thing now, while we're kind of on top or it's going great or whatever, we're going to be stuck in it. And we're going to be like, we just need to get out now. And we did. We made like a profit of like 10 bucks or something. <laughs> like that. And for me, but I mean, think that, about was, it. That, that was success. Exactly. Like, that is huge. Not have success. to worry. Exactly. I didn't sell it and you know go to the Caymans after that. Like no. Like it was like ten bucks after everything said and done. We made like ten bucks or something, dollar or whatever. Hey, as long as you didn't owe and you didn't just break breaking even is awesome. But the fact that yeah. you made any money off of it, awesome. Because most people don't make a profit at all. Exactly. Most people lose money. So, yep. right. <laughs> you know, at the end of it all, we didn't even have 10 bucks. So yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't have to reach into your pocket and give somebody $10 because you basically went bust. So mm-hmm. no, that's, that is crazy. And I think it says a lot that you knew that, hey, you know, this is a great business, but I see things are changing and it's time to get out. That, that's exactly what happened. We, think- we just, well, we just, without even looking at the numbers, we noticed that there was less and less people coming to the cafe. Right. Yeah. And you, that's, ha- you have to know when to exit. Yep. Exactly. And I think that's a, a thing with people. They don't know when to leave an idea alone because it gets so hooked into, I'm going to be looked at as a failure by my friends and my family and everybody that knows me if I stop doing this business because they're going to want to yep. know, well, why did you stop? Well, if it was going good, why'd you stop? Because yeah. if it was going good for me, I wouldn't stop. But those people usually are not in business. It's pride. It's all pride. Yeah. Yeah, no. I that- did, I, I, this isn't the Titanic. I'm not going to go down with the dang <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like. I'm gonna have my own raft and get the heck out of there. Yeah, there you go. Like they're they're lifeboats. Get on them. Absolutely. So I tell you, what, let's let's talk about YouTube a little bit. I want to I want to dig into YouTube because you you had your storage. What what did you call it? Video storage auction, storage auction business. Okay. So and you that. while I was doing that, while I was working on Clear, I I, I love tinkering. I love messing with stuff. I love trying stuff in terms of how could I use 
X, Y, and Z platform as either for my business or, or whatever, right? Like I'm just interested. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a very curious guy. And YouTube, I've had my channel on since 2008. Oh, so wow. Magic. Yeah. Yeah. I love that channel. I love that it says 2008 on there because it's like, I, I feel like when I, it's not, it doesn't go that far back like some of these big, big guys, but I still feel kind of special because my is 2008. But anyway, um, I saw the value in YouTube. I thought, how awesome is that? That some kid or, or wife or dude in his garage, anybody could just make a video and put it on there for people to see. Right. When yeah, just think of what this will do for business. Oh yeah. Just I mean, it I'm st- it still blows my mind because it's still despite what anybody thinks uh, it's it's played out whatever. Heck no. Are you kidding me? Like absolutely not. So, I'm getting off track, but this is kind of no, no, what you're I not. thought. It's good. I, I like where you're going. Yeah, so I uh I I wanted to do YouTube for for so long and so bad and when I was doing the storage auction things, I said, why don't I film like tutorial videos and how-tos and I'm going to be the authoritative guy on YouTube for storage auctions. There was like one or two other people at the time doing this and I'm going to be an early adopter and I'm going to do this. So I film a bunch of videos and I, I came across like almost like a jerk in some and others. I was very awkward and it, it was just <laughs> horrific, right? So then I reached out to somebody that I followed on YouTube. I had no idea who they are. And I emailed them and I said, hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking of doing. Here's what I've done so far. Um, can you give me any tips? And they said, pretty much you, ju- you have to get comfortable. You just have to start making videos. And if you try to put on the front, especially on YouTube, that's like the YouTube community is going to pick up on that so fast. And then they're immediately never going to watch you again. So I scrapped all the videos. I scrapped everything I did. And I made the decision to basically just document what I was doing in the storage auction world. I was going to take people with me. I was going to tell a story. I was going to take them with me in the car. I was going to take them with me to the, to the actual auction. I was going to show them what, how much work it took emptying a, a unit that you bought, just everything. And for something like that, I know I host a podcast now and I sound very lively and outgoing and I've got my YouTube channel with all these videos. But in the beginning, I was I was nervous. I was scared. I was intimidated. I, 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 you know what I mean? I'm not a singer. I'm not an actor. I'm not any of those things. So I had to come over that. And what I decided was, okay, I'm going to do this for 30 days straight. I'm going to make a video every day for 30 days. I don't care what happens. I don't care if I don't go to an auction that day or I don't sell something. It doesn't matter. Even if it's just me eating my breakfast, I'm going to shoot a video for 30 days every day. And I did two things. One, it exploded my name in that community, in the storage and picking community and all that. It just, it completely exploded my name onto the scene way faster than everyone else because they see me pumping out great content on a consistent basis. And just from doing that, it got hooked. And two, it taught me so much about YouTube. Not only YouTube, but how to make a video, what works, what am I okay with. If you go to my channel, it's Blue Gino. Just type Blue Gino somewhere. If you see any videos, especially my older ones, I was literally in my truck with my sunglasses on because that was like my security blanket. That was my teddy bear, having my glasses on so people couldn't see my face. Right. But I, but I did it. I went and made it happen. And now that channel, I haven't touched it in God knows how long. This was a couple of years ago. All the videos are still up there. It's got almost 140,000 views, I think. And still to this day, I lost a ton of subscribers because I bailed on it for a while. But to this day, I have almost like 600 subscribers, I think. <laughs> to this day. Now, since then, I've I've worked with companies on YouTube and I, I consult now and a couple of the people I consult were doing YouTube videos. So I have experience. I didn't just bail on YouTube. Let me take that back. I didn't just bail on YouTube. I bailed on YouTube for me personally in my brand. Right. But I, I stuck with it. That's why I have so many YouTubers on my show. That's that's why I invite so many YouTubers on my podcast. Now someone would think, well, it's two different worlds. I they're not some internet sensation or this big business owner and why like I don't care about a vlogger because I've had a, a very famous vlogger on my show. All he does is is film video of him and his family doing day-to-day stuff. But when you peel back the curtain, this dude is a massive marketing branding machine. He's very strategic. He knows what he's doing. He he does a lot of outside stuff. 
And I think a lot of people can learn from that. The power of YouTube. Two of them, Amy Schmidauer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amy, we love Amy. Exactly. She's been on your show. I, I had her on mine. And she's got that crisp, clean, like, I, I don't want to use the word sexy because she's savvy, sexy, social. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like that that sexy look, like not in like the the relationship sense, the right. the, the the cadence of YouTube. Yeah, you know what I mean. The good videos, they're real sexy, they're real crisp. That's what she's doing. A lot of people may not even know she's a big time business owner. She is just a marketing and branding machine. It's all from YouTube, and people still can't connect those dots. You know, I don't understand why, and that's that's the funny part about it. And one one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about YouTube is because you did the thirty videos. You did it thirty days, just every day shooting a video to get comfortable with it. And it, it amazes me how business owners just don't get, hey, start making videos about what you do. That's it. That is if if people are listening to this and and they're like, you know, Vernon Chris, I want the I want the silver bullet. I want the actionable thing. That's really going to work. That's it. Just make videos of what you do, how you do it from a real standpoint. Don't get on there with the white background and your nice tie. And <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, floating head did videos. And this, exactly. The same advice that this particular person gave me, I now am going to give it back, is the YouTube community will pick up on that in 2.3 seconds and you will never get shared. You will never get viewed. You will never get nothing because it feels like a sales pitch. It feels like a commercial and that's not what YouTube is for. Exactly. You know, the funny, at its core, the funny thing is I'm not a YouTube guy. I've got a YouTube channel uh -huh. and yeah, I shoot some videos here and there for YouTube. I was doing more videos at one point and was bouncing back and forth between uh, Vimeo and YouTube and, trying to get off YouTube at a point because I, I was listening to some of the um, some of the other social media gurus and experts saying, well, you don't really own the videos on YouTube and you should establish your brand somewhere else on another, you know, on another platform. And the problem is with another platform is you don't get seen. You just you just don't. <laughs> OK, <laughs> I got a, I got a ton of videos on Vimeo. Yeah, they don't get views. The channel doesn't get viewed that much. Yeah. I think it's been probably viewed maybe a hundred or some odd times. But because no one's on there, exactly. You you know, I mean, there's there's a, a Vimeo community, and they mm -hmm. watch motorcycle videos and really pretty high definition videos and small films that people shoot. But I'm not that guy, and I don't have that audience. But just with my YouTube channel, with the silly stuff that I've put out there and a few business videos. 15,000 some odd views. Wow. And I don't do anything with it, which yeah. makes makes me feel stupid right now because I'm not doing anything with it. <laughs> and there's 15,000 views. And you know, I hadn't looked at it to see how many views there were on the channel until you just talked about the date you joined because mm -hmm. I, I thought maybe I had joined before you and I was going to rub it in your face, but I didn't. It's going to say, yeah, I joined in 2007. My worst video, which is like over 10 minutes long, it's... A really a big fluff piece. It's me driving on the freeway. It's one of my earliest videos. Has over 40,000 views. What? <laughs> over 40,000 views. Oh, that is it's, insane. It's called, uh, I wish, it's called like storage auction dead guy or something. It's complete garbage. It's so garbage that a long time ago, someone wrote me and they're like, you just wasted nine minutes of my life. And I agreed with him, but... <laughs> the smart ass that I am, I, I wrote him back and I said, it took you nine minutes to realize it. Like it was that bad. So who's, who's the dummy here? You know what I mean? But the point is, is imagine if, and that's when I was still learning and I keep it up there. I don't care. Right. I know it's bad. I still keep it up there. But imagine if a company did something, something like that. And I'm forget about the company. Let's talk about the guy who's like, or girl who's knitting sweaters, Right. And she's got her Etsy shop. Imagine if she talked about stuff like that on her YouTube channel, how she made it, just everything, the behind the scenes, how she drove down the street to the to the yarn store or, the, or whatever. And they didn't have the particular color or threading she needed or whatever. Like she just basically was making that connection. And at the end of every video, she said, thank you so much. The normal. Thank you so much. Don't forget. Don't forget to hit subscribe and, and go to this dot com or whatever. Imagine if she did that. And she got 40,000 views herself. Like you can't, you can't even buy stuff like that. You can't no, buy you can't, that. You can't buy 40,000 views on YouTube. Actually you can, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but 
all for free, right? And when I say free, it's literally for free because use your dang phone because what people don't realize is every single one of my videos is shot on my phone. I did all my beginning videos on my Samsung Galaxy 2 because that's what I had at the time. All the newer ones you see now are on my iPhone. Everything is edited through uh, before it was, uh, what was it, Windows Movie Maker. Now I use iMovie. Like I just, I, it's all free tools. I don't need the DSLR. I don't need the intro, outro. And let's talk about the intro and outro for a second. I don't know how far off track we're getting here, but. Doesn't matter. We're uh, good. My intro for the newer videos, when I talk about, or when I do the Google Glass video and the email list video, and I know you've seen those, mm -hmm. that, that animation where it says bluegeno.com, I made on PowerPoint. That's I didn't, crazy. I didn't, yeah, it's, I used every single free tool available to go make it happen. And I do that for two reasons. One, I'm kind of cheap in the sense that <laughs> if I can make it, if I can make it just, just as good and work, uh, why change, why change it? Right. Same thing with my show. I've done almost 100 episodes with my Blue Yeti plugged in my laptop, sitting in my closet. Now I went out and bought all this nice bougie, bougie stuff. But like I didn't in the beginning go out and buy the Heil and the Mackie Mixer and the Zoom H4n and all this right. stuff. Oh, just straight up right into the laptop. That's it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah you know, I, um, I have bought I bought a when I first started doing this talk about cheap. Number one, I already had a microphone. It was a Samsung CLU-1, and I bought it, I don't know, a while back when I was doing videos. because I, I bought the mic so I could have good audio on my videos because mm -hmm. the mic on my PC sucked at the time. And I'm like, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll go ahead and get a good mic. Yeah. And I, I had all this stuff for it and was going to the Financial Bloggers Conference, and it, I was going to be interviewing Pat Flynn and Jamie Tardy and supposed to be interviewing Derek Halpern, and it never happened. Mm -hmm. But I went out and bought this the Zoom H4n, and I'm like, I'm just – dying over this thing this thing is awesome and i love it i mean it's, i still have it it works like oh, a I, lo I love mine <laughs> i'd had it probably 12 hours and i'm at pat flynn's meetup and Derek halperin goes whoa what the f is that and i'm like oh man this is a, <laughs> this is a zoom h4n man yeah. it's a recorder and he's like can i see it and I'm, i hand it to him and as he's trying to grab it it slips out his hand and he drops it oh on a concrete floor we were at pie pizza and hits the floor and then slides across the floor and i'm just like don't panic don't panic don't hit them your, <laughs> your new toy my new your toy. new electronic toy if if i shouldn't say if you're a dude if you're anybody that's into technology and electronics like i'm sure everyone's heart just sank right now oh that. yeah picked it up it was it was fine that thing is a tank Oh, wow. He's like, oh, man, if I broke it, I'll buy you a new one. I'm like, no, 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 it's good. It's all good. So, uh, Derek, if you're listening to this, you still owe me that uh, You still owe me that interview, <laughs> by the you way. You know what? Yeah. I hope he's listening. Give him the interview, please, <laughs> and then contact me. There you go, right? <laughs> little little guilt there. I'm just saying you did drop it, man, you know, in front of everybody. I got witnesses. <laughs> That's so awesome. Austin Evans. He was on my show. Yeah, I heard that. He, I heard that episode. He is. I mean, I think he's got like five hundred thousand subscribers, and his just one of his channels has over sixty-three million views. I mean, this is no no joke, right? This guy's a heavyweight. He said it on my show. A lot of his first videos, he used a Rock Band microphone from right. Rock Band, the game. Yeah, and he <laughs> he plugged it into his laptop. Exactly. So. And I love that he shared that on that, on that episode. And the reason why I'm bringing it up now is because I want, I want people to understand, like, of course, it's nice to have all the bougie stuff. Of course, like, I get it. I'm, I'm that way. But when you're starting something out and you don't know if it's going to work or you don't know how to use it, because, by the way, I'm talking to you right now on my Blue Yeti in my closet plugged into my, my laptop because I still need to learn all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. But because I know audio a little better and, and how it should sound and all this other stuff, I can properly, uh, properly mess with that. But going back to the YouTube thing, it, there's a lot of like nuances that you pick up in video and audio and producing and all that, that you kind of have to go through the rock star microphone and then upgrade from there and upgrade from there and so on and so forth. And that's how you become educated and really make the greatest possible content you can. Cause at the end of the day, at least for YouTube, that, that's all you want to do. You want to create the greatest content possible. And that doesn't mean 
you want to give out the greatest information. You just want to create something that people are going to be entertained by. You know, the uh, I think that's one of the the more important lessons to take away from the whole roundabout YouTube conversation is that if you have a small business and you have something that you want to share, and if you have a small business, you know, you have something that you want to share. You you have customers that want to know more about your business. Start doing video. Yeah. It's not that hard. It's, yeah. And, and to kind of go on that, I, I gave an Etsy shop knitting sweater analogy. Right. I'll give you, I'll give you a pizza shop. I love pizza. And, and, and pizza shop owners and anything like it, right? Brick and mortar, whatever. They're, they're the worst at this. They want to produce some nice commercial or they want to do, they want to make it look like, you know, they're the, the dominoes of their industry and whatever. <laughs> like, give me a break. You're a small brick and mortar pizza shop. That's it. You probably have the greatest calzone in the city. But at the same time, when you're trying to connect with an audience, like you're just a small time dude. And that's okay, right? I would take people behind the scenes, show them how do you, how you make something. You know, if you're that, like, if you have that big of a secret recipe, don't give them everything, but show them. Look, I use the red Dixie cups. I don't measure anything out. I use the red Dixie cups because this is how I was shown. And did you know, by the way, if you, if you, I know you're supposed to cook the, the bread at 450, but we do it at 375 and we leave it on for a little bit longer. And then we brush it with butter and put cornmeal and that's what makes it so awesome. So when you're at home and you're making your own stuff, get cornmeal. Like when you share that type of stuff and you, and you do really do it behind the scenes, people are going to get drawn in. Oh yeah. That, that's why people love reality TV because they get to see, they, they build context or actually I hate reality TV. I don't want to use that. <laughs> that's why people love, that's why people love, um, uh, what are some shows that I used to like when I was a kid, like Mr. Cotter, a team, uh, you know, even shows now like suits. I love suits because right. they get, they get drawn into this character and they build almost like this weird relationship with this character. So when this character is struggling, they're rooting for him. When this character is, uh, on some type of like awesome high, then they're celebrating with them. Well, it's no different in your YouTube videos when you're making a YouTube video. No, I no, hope all this makes sense, by the way, because I, I know I'm all over the board. No, I think it does because it's, this is what people think about. They want to know, you know, well, why should I do a YouTube video? I don't understand YouTube and it's so complicated and the technology is so complicated. No, the YouTube app that you can download, if you have a smartphone, you should be making YouTube videos yep. and, and they don't have yep. to be perfect. And I would prefer that people edit their videos. And of course, I would prefer that you do an intro and an outro. But if you look at my videos, I don't. And the ones that I don't do a lot of stuff on are the ones that have the most views because they're the most authentic. Exactly. I, I consult a guy right now and he he's in the health industry and he's doing these fitness videos and he's doing all this like awesome stuff. The normal stuff you see in the fitness industry, let's put it that way, which is great. There's a place for that. I get it. Put it on YouTube. Absolutely. We came up with an idea because he's he does a lot of sweet stuff with his his membership site and all this other stuff. Like it's just absolutely incredible. And one of the things that we came up with was take all that crap out of the picture, film a video on your phone in your own kitchen, making one of the recipes that are in you know your book and your your course or whatever. Right, just do that, and I guarantee you. By doing that, and it's already caught on, by the way. He just released it, you know, real soon. Um, or real soon. He, just real recently. Uh, <laughs> that thing's already catching. It's cool because it's not the normal, like, workout video or white background. Right. And, you know what I mean? Or it's it's not a tutorial telling you how to do a push-up or telling you you need to do this or or whatever. It's It's stripping all that down at its most basic form. And you're getting to know the person in his own kitchen making something that he is going to eat and that he makes himself, but that is also in his book. You know what I mean? So it, you could literally apply YouTube, whether you're a pizza shop owner, a, a fitness guy, uh, a, a Etsy making shop person, I don't know, a mechanic. Like you can literally apply YouTube to every last thing and it kills me and pains me. Now people are going to go look at my channel and be like, well, you don't even make videos and I'll get to that in a second. But <laughs> it, it kills me and pains me to see people with businesses. I don't care if you're online or off, not taking advantage of YouTube. It just pains me. And you don't even have to be on the dang camera. You could just do talking videos. Yeah. You know, um, to further go into how effective YouTube is, 
there's this fitness girl that I follow. Her name is uh, Massey something. It's a man at Manco Fit. I'll I'll link to it in the show notes. She doesn't know uh-huh. me, but I, I ran into one of her videos. It's one of those featured uh, Instagram videos when I was first getting on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I noticed she only had about 200,000 followers, but she did this goofy little dance at the end of her workout videos. And I'm like, what is she doing? And she was doing some core exercises that I thought were really interesting. I'm like, okay, I'll follow her and see what she does. She's grown that Instagram channel from like 200,000 followers to over like one point something million followers. She's developed it into an entire brand. She's doing these uh, professional video shoots now, professional modeling shoots. I think she's been on a couple TV shows. She's been on some Latin TV shows because she's Hispanic or something like that. I don't know where where she's from. She might be Brazilian. She, She lives up in New York and she's been to the Arnold Classic, which is a bodybuilding competition. But about 600,000 or so viewers in because just looking at her progress. Uh And I mean, she'll do a video and get 85,000 likes. Like, boom, just like that. 85,000 likes. And I'm like, she's not buying followers. Those are people that are liking her videos. And she'll have 600, 700, 1,000 comments. And it's like, that is insane. But she started a YouTube channel. Yeah. Because you, Simple you, as that. you can't communicate the way you can on YouTube, on Instagram. It's great to get people, you know, to look at stuff, but you can't link to anything except for in your bio. You, so, you're talking about what, on Instagram? Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah only the bio section, pretty much. Right. On YouTube, you can put your link in your entire blog post, if you're doing a blog post, in the notes, right underneath the video. Not, not only in the notes, but you can make like an annotation in the actual video. Exactly. To link out. Yeah, and real, real quick tip, because yeah, you yeah. talk about blog post. Right. If you already have a YouTube channel, put that freaking sucker in the actual blog. Like, share it. Like, you click the share button. You get that link. Mm-hmm. Put it put it on your website in the blog. I'm, I'm no Google SEO champion or not, but I know a little bit. And what I do know is there's some awesome backlinking going on when you do that. And not only that, it's it's keeping people on your site. Of course, everything you put on YouTube is for free. Keep that in mind. It's it's meant to give people something for free so that they do get in and they and they do buy into you and what you're about. And then from there, you take it off YouTube. There you send them to your website. I don't know why YouTubers, I don't know why they don't do this more. Amy Schmidauer, we'll plug her again. To me, she's one of the the best people ever to do this. Because if you watch her videos, and I know you do, um, she's constantly tell people, um, click the link below to sign up for my email list, right? And then it's to find out more, go here. To find out this, go here. And to read this go it's all directing people she's using this platform to to really control her audience because you said it I, I forget exactly what you said but you're like oh youtube owns it blah 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 absolutely mm-hmm. but it's just a tool yeah and you know the, the the great part about it is that now google plus your comments on YouTube are indexed in oh, Google yeah. Plus. Oh yeah. So I mean, you you can't avoid Google, so you may as well take advantage of everything that they're putting out there for you. Mm-hmm. So start shooting some videos. I mean, it's it's just it's a no brainer. It really is. I'm gonna link to Amy in the show notes because she has an awesome channel and she is a wealth of knowledge. And I love watching her videos. She's one of the few people, actually, right now she's one of the only people that I actually watch on YouTube consistently. <laughs> Because she's consistent. You know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I know that there's going to be a video about something. I just, I think it was yesterday, she did some live hangout on YouTube, which we could probably spend another hour just on live hangouts. But just for the for the sake of timing, just know you can do that. And I, I've had her on the show, you know, uh, she, she's a friend, but I still look to her for advice and, and, and really to educate myself because I'm always constantly learning, right? I sent her my site and she did me a solid and, and she plugged it a little bit, but she also gave me some valid tips on what to do with my site. And she is just, if for anything, if just check her channel out, we've been plugging a lot of her. So yeah, she better, she better show us some love. <laughs> That's right. I got to have but, Amy back on the show. We should all, we should do a hangout. We should like, of course, Vernon, you need to, to check out everything he's doing. And then when you're done with him, go check out my channel. But right now it's kind of the Amy show. If anything, go check out her videos and just see how she's doing it. Just pay attention to the cadence of it. If you're not into marketing and business or whatever, learn how she's doing those quick jump cuts and how she's 
you know, uh, uh, filming a certain thing and a certain angle in the lighting, like pay attention to all those things because you can really learn a lot, not only just from her, from all the people who do these videos. Oh yeah. I, I think that, um, I think Amy's one of the better ones that, that does it. I think I Justine does really good videos, but she actually has someone else shooting her videos. Now, if you look at her earlier videos, I think yeah. they're a better example of what just about anybody can do. Mm -hmm. Because she was doing them herself at the time. She's another internet, uh, you know, YouTube internet people for people that know 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 who I Justine is. Started with her. I don't think she started with her phone, but she started with a camera. That's how old she. Oh no, I think she even started with a webcam. Maybe. Yeah, she started with with a webcam, and she actually uh, shot a lot of videos in the Apple Store. Yep. She would go Boom. log into her YouTube channel and go in the Apple Store and record videos of herself talking and dancing and doing stupid stuff in the Apple yeah. store. So literally for free, literally for free. <laughs> I love it. And I love people that do that. Cause now she's a massive success. Amy's extremely successful. All these people are extremely successful. And when you dig into their backgrounds and they have such staying power, because I justine has been around for God knows how long all these people that have staying power, they're the ones that went out and learned their craft and didn't worry about getting the new T5 DSLR and all this crap. They just went out and made it happen with what they had available, and then they expanded and they grew from there. And I think that is a wonderful note to end the show on. Chris, man. Oh, man, I was having so much fun, too. <laughs> I know, man. We've gone long, but, hey, I can go longer. Maybe we'll break it up into two episodes, right? Thank you so much for having me. I really did. I had a blast. I love not only chatting with awesome people, but I, I love talking about this type of stuff. And because I'm learning myself, like oh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm building my stable of videos that I'm going to release here soon. And I'm going to take everyone on my journey. Uh, so I'm, I'm learning myself, but I love, I love the underdog story. And that's really kind of what a, a lot of people have. If they do it right is the underdog story. They just want to be heard. They just want to get their product out there in the world. So stop messing around. And go freaking do it. As soon as you're done with this show, like, don't listen to the next podcast or get caught up with mine or anybody else's. I'm dead serious. Like, film yourself on your cell phone. Just go and freaking do something. Exactly. That's all I got. There you go. No, no, that's that's even a more perfect place Sweet. to end it. Is get out and go do something after you hear this. Make take some action. That's yep. all you got to do. Hey man, it's been wonderful. Just hey, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Thanks. All right, guys, that was Chris Cerrone, CerroneShow.com. We were so excited and having so much fun on that interview that I actually forgot to tell Chris where uh, to tell you guys where you can find him online. So over on Twitter, you can find him at Blue Gino. You can also find him, of course, at CerroneShow.com. I definitely make uh, recommend that you guys take the time to check out his podcast, such good stuff. And it is five days a week. So, hey, if you're waiting on my podcast, jump in on his because he's recording one and publishing one every day, bringing you awesome guests and just dropping like crazy knowledge from just all types of people. So definitely make sure to check out Chris's show. This was a really fun episode for me because we got a chance to talk about YouTube. We talked about Amy Schmidt hour quite a bit. And we just really talked about the difference between talking about it and actually doing it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you do have to actually take some action for the things that you want to achieve. So make sure that if you have a goal out there, you want to do some video, but you're afraid to do it, don't be worried about it. Just go out there, do some video. YouTube is there for you. Take advantage. Just don't don't sit around and say, oh, man, I really should shoot some video for my business, but I need to hire a professional videographer and all that stuff. You know what? Although I do recommend that if you are shooting professional video for your business, get a good video guy. But until then, until you work your way up till then to see if video is what you want to do and if it's going to work for your business, start trying to build a following on YouTube, telling people about what it is that you do. It is extremely powerful, and you'll be so surprised at the results that you get from just taking consistent action. Doesn't have to be perfect, but you do have to take action. So, hey, guys, I really did enjoy it. Thanks a lot to everyone online that's been leaving reviews and ratings on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks, Buff Daddy-O, for leaving a review. Uh, great guy, has an awesome fitness website. Also, just been getting a ton of great feedback from people. So I'm really glad you guys are enjoying the show 
and you're getting you know a massive amount of value out of the guests and out of the uh, solo shows. I did a solo show last episode and got a lot of good feedback on it. So I'm going to be doing a lot more of those and dropping the knowledge. <laughs> anyway, hey guys, I've got to get out of here, but I really do appreciate you and thanks a lot. Remember, go out to the show notes to find everything that we talked about in the show all the links every place you can find chris every place you can find amy and where you can find just about everything else on the internet is in my show notes <laughs> anyway hey there's a free book out there for you just check out um the free audiobook button in the show notes okay so with that guys i'm gonna get out of here and i will see you in the next episode Still here? No, it's actually over. Okay, I'm gone. See you guys.